Hi, everybody. Welcome into yet another edition of Hokie Heat. Thanks so much for being with us today. I'm Giovanni Heater, joined alongside today's guest, Tyler Katz. You might recognize his voice. He is the PA announcer at Castle Coliseum, as well as at uh, Atlantic Union Bank Park for both Virginia Tech baseball and Virginia Tech volleyball. He's also the sports director of our student media organization, 3304 Sports. Tyler, thanks so much for being on today to uh, talk not only Virginia Tech football, but everything going on across the landscape of the ACC as well. Yeah, Gio, thanks for the invite. Happy to be here and happy to talk some ACC football. Before we get into things, Hokie Heat is presented by Roback. Go ahead and use code SUNSVT for 20% off your first order. And thank you so much to Roback for sponsoring today's show, Hokie Heat. All right, so we're going around the ACC. We're talking all things Atlantic Coast Conference football. Let's go ahead and begin by diving in and just going through the ACC standings. First, you look at the Atlantic Division, and this is the final year that you have Atlantic and Coastal Divisions in the ACC. Clemson leads it at 2-0. Florida State's in second at 2-0 as well. Syracuse in third, also at 2-0. And at that point, it comes down to uh, points scored at that point. NC State is in there, followed by Wake Forest, then Louisville, and then Boston College. NC State is the only team that is yet to play an ACC game. And again, Clemson, Florida State, and Syracuse are 4-0 total, but 2-0 in the ACC. NC State has yet to play an ACC ball game. Kind of interesting there. Their first matchup in the ACC is going to come this weekend. They play against Clemson. That's college game day's ball game. And then let's go ahead and turn it over to the Coastal Division. Virginia Tech, followed by Duke, followed by North Carolina, Pitt, Miami, Virginia, and Georgia Tech. Interesting that Virginia Tech is the top dogs despite being 2-2, two and two. Um, but they're 1-0 in the ACC, and everyone else is either 0-0 or 0-1. Yeah, I mean, that one win against Boston College who's turned out to be one of the weaker teams in the ACC this year. Who would have guessed that heading into September, end of December, start of October, that that lone ACC win would keep Virginia Tech, Tech atop the ACC Coastal, even though they're only 1-0 in the ACC and 2-2 two and two overall. Things will change now that we're actually starting to get into ACC play. The North Carolina game coming up as well as the rest of the slate will certainly change and shuffle things around. As I think, correct me if I'm wrong, most of the Coastal hasn't even played an ACC game yet. Yeah, I mean, Virginia and Georgia Tech at the bottom are both 0-1. Virginia lost at the Dome against Syracuse. And then Georgia Tech, I'm trying to remember who they played. It, it, it's, uh, I think that was either a week yes. zero or a week one. Yes, that was week one uh, against Clemson. You're right. And then Virginia Tech against Boston College. Duke, UNC, Pitt, and Miami have yet to play uh, a ACC game. And like you said, that's going to change this weekend. Um, this weekend, let's see, UNC is obviously playing Virginia Tech. Uh, Duke is going to play Virginia. So those two uh, are both kind of out of that non-ACC game situation. And uh, Pittsburgh is going to play Georgia Tech. So that is everybody that was left uh, besides Miami and Miami has their bye week this week. So they also uh, will be without ACC action. Well, you talked about scrambling things up and how things are going to shift and change this week. Well, let's do just that. And since the standings don't really give a great representation of what the true ACC is looking like right now, let's go ahead and give some of our power rankings. Tyler, let's hear from you first. Yeah. I mean, I, at the top, I went with NC State, and for me, it was a it was a really tough decision of who to put at number one, and I think there are three teams that have a case to be number one, uh, but I put NC State at the top. They've been looking really good. They've been looking solid, and now they have a really a chance to prove themselves against the team I put as number two in the Clemson Tigers. It, it's been obvious from anybody who's watched a single drive for Clemson this year, that this is not the teams of the late 2010s start of the 2020s. This is just a different Clemson team that it isn't the same firepower. And I mean, I'll be frank with what I've seen with Clemson so far. If they win out and go through their ACC schedule and make it back to the college football playoff, that will be, an embarrassing game for Clemson. From what I've seen so far, a lot of time to right the ship. Uh, just going down the list from there, number three, I put Wake Forest. 
that Clemson win for them really, or the Clemson win over Wake Forest is why I put the Demon Deacons down at number three. But they've been looking really good, you know, taking Clemson to overtime. They looked good last year winning the ACC Atlantic. They're continuing to look good under Sam Hartman, and for that reason, I put them at three. And I'll just rapid fire through who I have left. I have uh, Pitt at number four. Florida State, who came out of nowhere based off their last few seasons. As much as I don't think they're as legit as their record, I have to put them at number five just based off what they've shown so far. Uh, From there, North Carolina at six, Syracuse at seven, Miami after that rough loss to Middle Tennessee at eight, Duke nine, Virginia Tech 10, just underneath them the arch rival of UVA at 11, and then more so the basement from there. There's a pretty big drop-off before I have 12, Louisville, 13, Georgia Tech, and then 14, I ended up going with the Eagles of Boston College. All right. All right. I uh, There's some things that I definitely agree with and other things that I, I'd love to debate, and that's kind of kind of the beauty of this kind of show. So uh, I start things off with Clemson, number one. And, and I think that is a coin flip. You could pick NC State or Clemson. I just think NC State hasn't proven as much as Clemson has. Clemson has played Wake Forest on the road, won that ball game. And you look at NC State's first game of the season against ECU, and it was maybe a little bit closer than it should have been. Don't get me wrong. I think NC State, I believe, is the best team in the ACC and will probably win the Atlantic. But right now, from what we've seen, what's been proven, I think Clemson deserves that number one spot. Second, NC State. And again, that's very, very close. Third, I got Wake Forest as well. I mean, Wake Forest, offensively anyways, looked pretty darn sharp against Clemson. A.T. Perry is a really, really legit wide receiver. Uh, Sam Hartman can really throw the football. And then defensively, they have some really solid talent on the defensive side of the football as well. That was one of those barn burner type of games. Who had the ball last was going to win. I mean, that's why it went to overtime, right? And both defense didn't necessarily show out uh, between Clemson and Wake Forest. I think both of them have pretty decent defenses, but those are such high-powered offenses. Um I mean, you talk about DJ Uyunglele having that that game that kind of kind of brought him into his own element. There was a lot of doubt around him, and I think he kind of hushed the crowd a little bit, hushed the haters a little bit with his performance against Wake Forest. But, I mean, Sam Hartman and the Demon Deacons gave it everything they had. I mean, that was an incredible ball game, really, really fun game to watch. Wake Forest is definitely up there at number three. Uh, I mean, some huge games coming up this weekend. You talk about Clemson and NC State, and then you have – Number three and number four for me facing off, Florida State and uh, Wake Forest. So I have uh, Florida State coming in at number four. Looked real good against LSU. Um, They looked real good on the road at Louisville. You talk about their quarterback going down, having a guy come off the bench, able to still lead that team to victory in a a hostile Louisville environment. Um, So I think Florida State looks sharp. It's very unfortunate what they have going on at the quarterback situation just because I think it does hurt them a little bit. Um, but but we'll kind of see how that plays out for the Seminoles. Really looking forward to seeing Wake and, and Florida State do battle. Number five, I got Syracuse. And, um, you know, I'm from Syracuse. A lot of people know that. Um, I grew up a huge Syracuse fan. But I wouldn't put – you know, going into the season, I probably would have had them at like 10, you know. So um, I've watched every single one of their games. I think they look – the real deal. I mean, week one against Louisville, they dominated all three phases of that ball game, offense, defense, special teams, period. Um, they looked pretty sharp against um, Purdue in the second half. I mean, it was a great game back and forth. A couple of calls went Syracuse's way. So, you know, that's it, a tough, again, 50-50 type of game. And then against Virginia, you know, it, it, again, they look really good in the first half, had to fight through some, uh, you know, controversy, adversity, and then uh, finally ended up winning that ball game. So uh, I, I think Syracuse deserves number five uh, because they're a really well-rounded group. Great passing attack. Garrett Schrader looks so improved. You got a Heisman contending running back in Sean Tucker uh, who – you know, he forces teams to stack seven guys in the box against him. And then he got a really strong defense. Uh, the problem with Syracuse right now is they're getting thin. They have had an injury every single 
Uh, a starter go out every single game. They're averaging uh, a starter lost per game. So between Stefan Thompson, Chris Elmore, uh, Terry on the defensive line, Terry Lockett, and, and everything like that, uh, they're starting to get thin. That's kind of the only worry with Syracuse. At number six, I got Pittsburgh. Um, I just I think Keaton Slovis obviously isn't Kenneth Pickett, but he's getting the job done. They're having guys step up for having Jordan Addison be out, um, obviously – playing out West at USC. They're having guys step up at the receiver position. Defense is strong, and they got a guy running the football really, really well in Israel Atacanda. Uh, so I got Pitt at number six. Miami, number seven. I thought they were going to be a little better than they have been. They're still a good football team. It, it takes time with a new coaching staff. Miami, number seven. This is, this is kind of where we start to falter. You weren't too high on Louisville, and I knew – that the record doesn't show it at two and two, zero and two in the ACC, especially that Syracuse game. But it was the first of the year. I got Louisville at number eight. Malik Cunningham is doing some really, really special things with his legs on the ground. He's the second rushing leader in the ACC, and he's a quarterback uh, behind Israel Adekanya, uh, uh, or Adekanda from uh, Pittsburgh. Um, I think Louisville is going to start to like get into their stride as long as the team, as long as Scott Satterfield doesn't lose that locker room. Uh, towards the the second half of the season. Uh, Duke number nine. I was kind of high on Duke. Probably would have put them a little higher if they didn't kind of blow one to Kansas last week and kind of drop a dud there. Um, Ten, I got UNC. Virginia Tech at 11. Um, 12, UVA. 13, Boston College. And 14, Georgia Tech. If you hire, if you fire your head coach and Jeff Collins, uh, you're kind of at the bottom of the ACC. So that's what I got for my power rankings. What, what are your thoughts on that, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest difference with ours was where to put the Louisville Cardinals. And, I mean, yeah, you do battle with Florida State, who's turned out to be a lot better than I think a lot of people thought. And the way I see it is Malik Cunningham – is their offense. When you think of the Louisville offense, you think of Malik Cunningham and that that's really it. And so that's kind of why I put Louisville down towards the bottom. They were in a dogfight with UCF who, you know, has been a pretty formidable adversary joining the big 12 in a couple of years. I forget exactly when they're joining the big 12, but you know, ended up taking down the Knights down in Orlando, but, I don't know. I just I just don't see it with Louisville. And, you know, my number 11 is UVA. My number 12 is Louisville. They play this season, so that'll be answered in time. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we're going to get a lot of answers this weekend. Like I mentioned, Clemson, NC State, Wake Forest, Florida State. Um, so we, we are definitely going to go ahead and get some, you know, Duke and uh, UVA playing this weekend. So we're going to go ahead and get some answers. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, our best atmospheres to date in the ACC. I think both the Boston College game and the West Virginia game for Virginia Tech certainly got to be up there. Primetime games. Enter Sandman seems to always find its way on mainstream social media and on Sports Center and everything like that. So I think that goes without saying. Uh, I think some atmospheres that definitely contended was Wake Forest last weekend against Clemson. Uh, I think you're going to see an unbelievable atmosphere at Clemson this weekend against NC State. And then, uh, of course, you're probably going to see the same thing at Dope Campbell Stadium when uh, Wake Forest is in town as uh, Wake Forest and Florida State do battle. Um, but but kind of what are your thoughts? What, what atmospheres have really stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like when you talk about atmospheres in the ACC, you almost don't even have to mention Virginia Tech because it's implied. Right. Uh I, I look at Florida State and, you know, I, full disclosure, pulling back the curtain before I moved over to Blacksburg in the summer of 2019, I, I grew up for 18 years as a Miami Hurricanes fan, hating the Florida State Seminoles with a burning passion. But I'll give it to them. Their atmosphere has been great. They've been used to being good for a long time, had a few five, six-year period where they were in a bit of a low. But now that they're undefeated, they welcomed an ACC foe into town uh, in Boston College, who their top player, arguably, in Zay Flowers, is a Florida native. So coming back to his home state, being welcomed by that hostile crowd, you know, you got the war chant going, the band is playing, the band that 
made its impact, by the way, at that LSU game in New Orleans, traveled to Louisiana to give almost a feeling of that home field advantage. But Dope Campbell, when the Seminoles are good, is a very, very dangerous place to play. And I know you mentioned Wake Forest, and I didn't get to see too much of that game this Saturday, but it almost looked like when they were panning the camera to the away sideline, there was a sea of orange. True, very true. fans travel well, and while the Wake Forest fans showed out, so did the Tiger fans. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, Clemson, South Carolina is not too far from – Winston Salem so kind of an easy trip and I think I think the Clemson fans kind of bought out a lot of seats there but um you know Wake is a small stadium too it's 30 something thousand smallest in the ACC yeah smallest school in the ACC I, I remember reading that I don't even know how long ago I think it was from Wake Forest but yeah smallest school by enrollment in the ACC too and the Demon Deacons weirdly enough the, so Syracuse Despite being for, there's like war going on in Syracuse uh, between like, why aren't fans showing up at the dome? The largest crowd of the season was the season opener when they stomped on Louisville. And since then, it has progressively gotten smaller in attendance numbers, despite having Purdue in town. And a Friday night game against UVA was the lowest attendance so far this year. And that put Syracuse at four and oh, it's like, what the heck's going on? And all the fans have like a different excuse, like on social media, like, oh, well, they beat NC State will show up and, and whatnot. So uh, anyways, as a Q's fan or even just for the sake of the ACC, because it's tough, like you, recruits look at that. Like recruits are watching TV when they're showing a Syracuse versus Virginia game. Those are two programs in the ACC and the stadium's half empty. It's just not a good look for the conference. So, um, you know it's kind of disappointing, but uh, I think if Syracuse and NC state both end up being ranked going into that game, which will probably happen if Syracuse has Wagner this week. So if they're five and O right now, they're receiving votes. You got to think at five and O they'll probably get ranked even just to hype up that NC state game a little more. Hopefully the dome will be packed, but, uh, but yeah, some, some good, some good atmospheres for sure. And uh, we'll kind of see how everything else plays out. I think Virginia tech takes the ticket though for best atmospheres to date between Boston College and West Virginia, it's just unfortunate that uh, the West Virginia game didn't necessarily go the way the Hokies might have planned. Tyler, let's go ahead and dive into our top five players so far this year in the ACC, and I think there's some surprises on this list. Who you got? Yeah, so when I originally uh, wrote down my top five, it was more or less a rankings of best to worse in top five but the more i look at it the more i'm starting to think you can take any of these players and put them at number one number three number five it's really a shuffle so i mean in no particular order i had israel abanaconda the running back for the pit panthers who the Hokies see in a couple of weeks and i mean so far 479 rushing yards leading the conference in rushing yards as well and tore up the Hokies at Lane Stadium last season, in addition to Kenny Pickett. Of course, he's been replaced by Keaton Slovis now, but Abanaconda's been that constant and really helping the Panthers out. Uh, Even though Boston College has been struggling, you have to look at Zay Flowers and what he's been able to do. 330 receiving yards, leading the team, Phil Jerkovic's favorite target, and three receiving touchdowns so far for Zay Flowers. And, you know, they only have one win this season, just got the doors blown off of them by Florida State. But that lone bright spot and the one, I think, factor that Boston College fans will look back on at this era is going to be Zay Flowers and what he's able to do at the next level. Uh, From there... I've got to give props to Garrett Schrader. He's been a much different quarterback than the one we saw for Syracuse last season, especially when they came to Lane Stadium. And I think a big part of that, you take a look, and Gio, you might have to help me out on the pronunciation here. Uh, offensive coordinator, is it Robert Anay? Anay. Anay. Yeah. Anay. 
Yeah. Robert and I, he worked for the University of Virginia last year. Yeah. Brennan Armstrong was one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC last season. All of a sudden, there's a change in Robert and I from UVA to Syracuse. Brennan Armstrong hasn't quite looked the way he has in past seasons. And now Garrett Schrader is rising up just seemingly out of nowhere. You have to wonder if it's more so coaching staffs or talent on the field. Uh, so I had Garrett Schrader, 986 passing yards so far near the top in the conference. Another quarterback from North Carolina, Drake May. And quarterback was a big question that I had personally for North Carolina coming into this season. You know, you had a long time, almost dynasty with the Tar Heels and Mac Brown and now bringing in a new quarterback in Drake May. But he's leading the conference yet again in a high-powered UNC offense, 16 passing touchdowns. The only question for you, or the only, I guess, weak point for UNC would be their defense right now. have allowed a lot of points, but their offense has been keeping them afloat so far. And then I wanted to include one defensive player, and this was a bit tough to choose. Not a ton of stats this early in the season for defensive players, but I went with Tyler Baker Williams, the defensive back for the NC State Wolfpack. And you typically take a look and say, oh, this guy has a forced fumble. You know, he's been doing pretty good so far. This guy has a sack. He can get to the quarterback. Well, Tyler Baker Williams has a sack, a forced fumble, and not one but two interceptions. And when you're able to get a stat in those three categories, sack, forced fumble, and interception, this early in the season, and let alone two interceptions so far, uh, I had to go with Tyler Baker Williams as my, so far, top defensive player in the ACC. I like it. I I mean, our lists are going to be... Kind of similar, but a little bit different here. So uh, kind of cool to uh, shake it up a little bit. Um, <clears throat> number one for me, I got uh, Israel Abadaconda. I mean, he's just got some really, really good-looking numbers for Pittsburgh. He's kind of – that offense runs through him right now. And by running the football, you set up the passing game. So he takes the pressure off the shoulders of Keaton Slovis in the wideouts and allows that Pittsburgh offensive engine to run. Um I mean, he just looks like a great talent with great size, probably going to be an NFL back. I think everyone coming into this year kind of thought the best two running backs would be Will Shipley and Sean Tucker from Clemson and Syracuse, respectively. And those guys have been really good, but Abadaconda has certainly emerged and and really surprised. And um, a lot of teams against Clemson and Syracuse stack the box and make it really difficult for those teams to run the football. And even though teams are doing that against Pitt, Pitt's still figuring out ways to run the rock. So uh, Batakonda's really looked good. Uh, number two, I got DJ Uyunglele, and I didn't before last week. And last week against Wake Forest, I mean, he put on a show, uh, was really, really versatile, both using his legs and mostly throwing the football. I think that was by far the best game I've seen him play, and I've watched a lot of DJ Uyunglele Clemson football. Uh, they're on every weekend. And that was the best complete game I've seen him play to go on the road. Granted, there were a lot of Clemson fans fight through adversity of overtime fight through every time you go down the field and score a touchdown. It feels like Wake Forest has a response for it Uh, to literally get better throughout the game. He looked better almost every drive consecutively than he did the drive before. I just think DJ really had a coming out party. Uh, against Wake Forest and and then at the end of the day got the job done got the win which is even more impressive number three and this one probably would surprise a lot of people I got Aronde Gadsden uh, the wide receiver for Syracuse right now he currently stands as the second uh second best so to speak statistically uh wide receiver in the ACC he's second in uh, receiving yards He's got 19 receptions for 300 yards. Uh, The only person with more is Zay Flowers with 29 receptions for only 30 more yards, 330. Uh, Gadsden also uh, is tied for uh, the second most touchdowns with Zay Flowers with uh, three touchdowns apiece. And um, 
he's just had some big plays, man. Every time Syracuse needs a huge third down conversion, they go to him. He had the game-winning catch with seven seconds left to go, a 40-yard touchdown pass from Garrett Schrader uh, in the corner of the end zone to beat Purdue. Uh, I mean, that was a play that kind of went viral all over the internet. So Gadsden, um, when Syracuse didn't have an answer going into this year as far as who QB or wide receiver number one is, uh, he emerged and and showed that he's that. And he's six foot five. Like he's just got that wide receiver frame. Uh, he's put up some really, really big numbers. Second best receiving numbers in the ACC behind Zay Flowers. Um, and the reason I don't have Zay Flowers on this list, yes, Zay is fantastic. He's going to play NFL football. But it's like, it's kind of like that Heisman list. It's like, what's your team doing? You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, he's not winning football games. He's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but they're not winning football games. Um, and on this list, these are all guys that are winning football games for their teams. They're kind of MVPs. Their performances are making that difference to win a football game. Number four, Sam Hartman. I mean, anyone could have won that game last weekend uh, against Clemson. Sam has just balled out. He's the best. Uh, he's got the best statistics at the quarterback spot, and it's really not even that close. Um, he's just throwing at, at a ridiculous efficiency is quarterback efficiency uh, is 183.7. Um, and then number five, I hate to put another Syracuse guy, but this is a guy that's gotten a lot of high praise. Mel Kuyper just put him in the first round uh, for his kind of big board top college players, probably going to be a first round draft pick defensive back Garrett Williams for Syracuse. He's just a dog. I mean, Dino Babers, talks endlessly about how talented he is and just the plays he makes. He made this insane read on Malik Cunningham to go intercept a deep ball. Um, he made another insane read last week to intercept Brennan Armstrong. Uh, just plays that are NFL caliber plays. Um, he's got three pass deflections, two interceptions. He uh, leads the secondary in tackles um, for the entire ACC as far as secondary players. Uh, he leads in tackles. Um, he's just just really, really impressive. And he's always going to be put on the best wide receiver. He was put on Purdue's really, really impressive receiver um, that caught a lot of caught a lot of passes in other ball games and was kind of shut down in a lot of ways by Garrett Schrader, or excuse me, Garrett Williams. And then just like honorable mentions, I won't go into detail with them, but guys that were so close to getting on the list, it's like I had to mention them but couldn't get them off. You had both these guys, Drake May, who's been really good at UNC, and then uh, Garrett Schrader. And – if this was two weeks ago, Garrett Schrader would be like number two on the list because Garrett Schrader was pro football focuses number one uh, statistical quarterback um, for both weeks one and two in the entire country. Like he put up some crazy efficient numbers. He was something like um, in week one against uh, Louisville, he was like 23 for 25 for over 300 yards and like three touchdowns. Then the next week he was like 26 for 28 for over 300 yards and five total touchdowns. And he also ran for a hundred on the ground. Like his numbers were ridiculous. Then the last couple of weeks slowed down a little bit, still good. I mean, still winning football games, still playing really good football, but um, you know, you can't keep up throwing two incomplete passes and, and throwing for 300 yards every game and five touchdowns. That's just not realistic. So he did slow down a little bit through an interception last week, his first interception of the season. So kind of falls out of my top five um, a little bit there. Tyler, I want to uh, kind of dive into who's been the biggest surprise to you and the biggest disappointment in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, I kind of alluded to this earlier. My biggest surprise has got to be Florida State. They've been having mediocre season after mediocre season, and and Florida State fans know that. They, they've been used to it. They went through the firing and hiring of Willie Taggart now they're on Mike Norvell. It was a really rough, slow pull of the Band-Aid off when Jimbo Fisher left for Texas A&M. That was not an easy breakup for Florida State and Jimbo. And ever since that separation, Florida State's been struggling to find their, their footing. But Mike Norvell coming in, he's been helping out Florida State. They did have that really... A nearly miracle win against LSU, if you want to call it that, with that blocked extra point to stop it from going into overtime. Blew the doors off of Boston College, as I mentioned earlier. They looked really, really good against Boston College. And you can take a look at a comparison between Virginia Tech and Florida State now. They don't play this season, 
barring somehow a way that both of them get into the ACC championship game. But, you know, Virginia Tech won pretty convincingly against Boston College, and I think a lot of Hokie fans were feeling really good after that game. And and granted, that was a really good win for Virginia Tech, especially coming off that Old Dominion game week one. But then you watch Florida State play Boston College, and it is just a blowout, and far worse of a blowout than Virginia Tech was able to manage at Lane Stadium. And Florida State, I mean, they they look really good right now. It's a really tough to ask to take on Wake Forest now. They are favored in that game, which I was a little surprised to see considering how well Wake Forest has done the past couple seasons and then go into the wire with Clemson. And then they have to travel on the road to take on NC State. So we'll see how long Florida State can remain afloat right now, but Florida State's been my biggest surprise, was just completely not expecting them to go off like this. Uh, but it's a welcome surprise. I think the ACC is better when there's a lot of competition, and the Atlantic is really going to be a bloodbath this year. Uh, yeah, no the- doubt. No doubt. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say on the flip side, my, my biggest disappointment this year has been Boston College. They've been a bowl team the past few years, six wins last season, beating Virginia Tech. Of course, that was with a lot of injuries, but their defense showed up to beat Virginia Tech at their place last season. But, you know, they they just have not been looking good this year. Got blown out by Florida State. I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record when I say that, but they, they just haven't looked great. They lost to Rutgers, their lone win of the season is against FCS Maine. And you take a look at their upcoming schedule and you can only circle one guaranteed win left. And that's on October 29th when they have to take on the Yukon Huskies. Granted, that game is also on the road. So taking place in stores, Boston College, you know, they they just have a better team. They still have Yurkovic. They still have Zay Flowers. You mentioned how they're not winning football games. The pieces of the puzzle are there, which is what's been really more or less confusing me for Boston College. Not only are they losing football games, but the two ACC games they've played, they've lost badly. Uh, Boston College, by far and away, my biggest disappointment. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the team that has been the biggest surprise since you talked about Florida state, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'll say it's been Syracuse. I think those two kind of go hand in hand, Florida state, probably more impressive than Syracuse. Um, but Cuse is four and Um, they have not been five and and unless a, a real fluke happens, they play Wagner this week. Wagner is a long Island school. It's a D one double a FCS school. Like Syracuse should win that game handedly. They've played twice in the last five years against each other. And Syracuse has won that game with a combined score of 110 to 10. So like Syracuse should win this game. Um, Wagner is like, like if Wagner played Wofford, like just to compare it to Virginia tech, Wofford would stomp on Wagner. Like Wagner's not good, you know? Um, So, if Syracuse were to go 5-0 and this weekend, which in all likelihood they would, heading into a bye week before hosting NC State, Syracuse would be 5-0 and for the first time since 1987. And in 1987, they went undefeated uh, before tying Auburn uh, in a national championship Sugar Bowl. So, And yes, they tied, and they didn't do overtime back then. So the national championship ended up going elsewhere. But that's a whole different rabbit hole. Um, but... I mean, I think Syracuse has been a complete surprise considering they were finished to pick second to last in the ACC Coastal or Atlantic, excuse me, pretty much across the board. And in a lot of cases to finish last in the ACC Atlantic, Um, there was not high expectations for Syracuse coming into this season from an outside perspective, other than Sean Tucker was a really good running back. Uh, Syracuse did not make a bowl game last season, hadn't made a bowl game since 2018 when they went 10 and three. And Cuse has shown out. I mean, personally, I thought they were going to lose to Louisville, blew them out. 
Then you got worried about Purdue, won that game. Then UVA won that game. I mean, they've got three wins over three power five teams, uh, and they're rolling. So um, I think Syracuse has been the biggest surprise, only because look at, like, Florida State. Like, there's always a chance Florida State's going to be good, right? We know Mike Norvell is a good coach, and they still haul in five-star caliber recruits. You know, and what some of these other teams like Syracuse and Boston College and Duke and have to make their program out of as far as talent, you know, star uh, across the board recruiting. You know, I just think Syracuse has been the biggest surprise. And then uh, who's been the biggest disappointment? I'm going to go Miami. Miami two and two. And I I know it pains you because I know you're a big Canes guy. Um, I expect, you know, it's it's well-deserved, I should say. I mean, it's not, I mean, you can't lose at home to middle Tennessee state like that. You just, that was ugly. Texas A&M fine. Texas A&M is a real good football team. And that game was kind of close and, you know, low scoring kind of ugly game, whatever. Um, But you can't lose to middle Tennessee state, Um, you know, two and two right now. There's a lot of time to turn things around. I mean, looking at the schedule, they could still win eight, nine, 10 ball games, but I think there were higher expectations and middle Tennessee state was not supposed to be a loss, uh, at hard rock. So I'm going to go, um, with, uh, Miami as the biggest disappointment. So who do you think is overrated or underrated? I guess I'll, uh, kind of get us going a little bit. I think that I would have said wake forest was overrated before last week. And then they hung in there with Clemson, uh, pretty darn good. Um, I would say, I'm going to say Clemson looked good last week too. I'm going to say Syracuse is overrated because they were kind of spoon fed that win against Purdue with some penalties late. And don't get me wrong. You still got to go out and win a football game, but they ended up getting the kickoff. They had to kick it off from their own Ted yard line. That was a gift. And then they returned it. They caught it at the 25, returned it to the 50. And with like 30 seconds left, I don't think you make that game-winning drive happen unless you start at the 50 like they did. And they scored the game-winning touchdown with seven seconds left. And on a fourth down, they got a defensive holding on that drive. In all likelihood, Syracuse could very well be 3-1 and one or 2-2 two and two, uh, because the Purdue and UVA game were kind of close. But at the same time, a lot of Syracuse games were really, really close last year. And they lost a lot of them at the wire. They lost to Clemson at the buzzer, lost to Wake Forest at the buzzer, um, lost to NC State in a close one. So they were able to keep games with really good teams pretty darn close. Um, But I think Syracuse might be a little overrated just because weeks one and two, they look so, so good. And they've just kind of slowed down the last couple weeks, but still winning ball games. We'll see what happens because, like I said, they've been plagued with injuries. We'll see what happens after hopefully a Wagner win um a bye week and then nc state that's the first true litmus test nc state in the dome doesn't really get tougher than that but clemson could be a little overrated too just because i don't i mean like you said i don't think they're a top five team in the country i mean they don't they don't look like alabama or they don't look like anything like georgia um you know i just don't see them as a top five team in the country especially that defense. I don't care how good Wake Forest is. You allowed almost 50 points. Georgia ain't allowing 50 points. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I think Clemson's a little nationally overrated. I still think they're one of the top two teams in the ACC, but I think nationally they're a little overrated. And then underrated, it's like, shoot, you can make the same argument for Syracuse. They're underrated or overrated. Um, I'm going to say... I wanted to say UNC was a little underrated, but then they really dropped a dud against Notre Dame. <sighs> underrated. I'll say Pitt is underrated. I think Pitt, Pitt's pretty under. I, I think Pitt will probably win the Coastal at this point um, because of what Miami looked like last week. So that's kind of my assessment. What do you got? Well, I'll, I'm going to start with underrated because I – wrote down the same thing you said, but I think for different reasons, I had the Pitt Panthers as being underrated. And, you know, it's really hard to sit back and say a team that's three and one and won the ACC championship last season is underrated, but that's, that's exactly why they won the ACC coastal. They won the ACC championship beat wake forest in Charlotte 
to win it, of course, that was with Kenny Pickett, who's still in Pittsburgh, albeit with the Steelers. But this is a team that's still been doing pretty solid. I mean, take a look at Pitt's schedule so far. More than likely, it's going to be a win this weekend. They have the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets prime time at home. But they took down a West Virginia team in the backyard brawl. Very high stakes to open the season. And, you know, we just saw West Virginia come into Lane Stadium. And after a pretty close first half, just opened up the floodgates in the second half and really showed how much power West Virginia had. So for Pitt to be able to take down the Mountaineers, that's huge. A loss to Tennessee, and of course, Tennessee is more so becoming a pain to talk about due to Hendon Hooker having success with the Volunteers. And I know, and they look day. they look like a top five team. Yeah, I, I'll agree there. But they they only lost by seven, which I I think says something. And then last two weeks have been more so with an asterisk gimme against Western Michigan and Rhode Island. I only say with an asterisk because Western Michigan beat Pitt last season in a big upset, but went to their place, beat them 34 to 13. Uh, One thing I was looking at their schedule earlier today, actually, they only have one road game through their first six games. And that was at Western Michigan. Then it's a gauntlet at Louisville, at North Carolina, home versus Syracuse, at Virginia, home versus Duke, and then finish the season off at Miami. So very home-heavy start of the schedule, very road-heavy back half. Don't they play – doesn't Tech play at Pitt? Yep, October 8th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're we're going to it, duh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're calling that game. (laughs) Uh, But I'll I'll go overrated and – I, I never thought I would say these words. The most overrated team in the ACC is the Duke Blue Devils. Wow. Uh, they, excuse me, are undefeated. <laughs> uh, just completely lost my lighting there. Um, they're undefeated or were undefeated before a loss to the Kansas Jayhawks, but they've had the easiest schedule so far that you can maybe think of they beat temple in their opener went on the road and of course road games are always tough but beat northwestern who after week two that was an impressive win a northwestern team that went to ireland to take down nebraska uh but northwestern's shown that they're not the team that they were in ireland they just lost to southern illinois so that kind of takes away the merit of that win, a win against North Carolina A&T, and then losing to the Kansas Jayhawks by eight points in Lawrence. So, you know, a lot of people are high on Duke right now just because, oh my God, they're three and one. They have a winning record. Like, this is huge, but give it time. They've had an easy schedule so far. It, in my opinion, they're going to get back to the Duke of last season. I know there's been a coaching change, but coaching changes don't see results, positive results overnight. Right. No doubt. No doubt. Let's uh, let's give our uh, kind of end of season predictions here. Uh, does the ACC have a college football playoff representation? I say no. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I think NC State is the best chance and if they lose to clemson this saturday it's going to dash i think any hope uh, well clemson, not necessarily you can get in with one loss yeah yeah but i just think the atlantic is going the- to beat up on itself so yeah. much now that you have florida state wake forest clemson nc state you have four teams that are realistically vying for a spot in the ACC championship. And then it's just been the rhetoric the past man. Way to hate on the way to hate on a Florida Syracuse. Coastal chaos. I think (laughs) it'll hit again. Uh, It's a, it's a gauntlet. It's a roll of the dice of who comes out of the coastal, but yeah, seriously, I think the Atlantic is going to start to have Atlantic find a synonym for chaos. that starts with a, 
Uh, anarchy, anarchy. Atlantic anarchy. There we go. Thought of it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think both sides are going to beat up on each other. It's almost going to be that circle of mediocrity that you always see where this team beat this team who beat this team. And I think eventually it'll make a whole circle in the ACC. Um, it's possible Clemson has a shot. NC State has a shot outside of that. That's probably it. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, so just give me quick, just nail it down. Atlantic representative, coastal representative, champion. I got NC State for the Atlantic. Uh, they have a home game against Florida State, and then they need to take care of business on the road against Clemson, who I've already said aren't really who they were cracked up to be. I don't think they're a top five team in the country. And then I just have back-to-back -back winners for the Coastal on the first time in very long time that the Coastals had back-to-back -back winners. I had the Pitt Panthers. Uh, and I have NC State taking home the ACC championship this year. And, you know, a lot can change with uh, Atlantic anarchy and Coastal chaos. So... Who knows? It could end up being Georgia Tech versus Louisville. Like anything can happen at this point. I highly doubt that. I don't know about that I'm one. Not put money on that, but you know who knows. Um, I'm gonna go NC State and Pitt as well. I don't even know that NC State wins this weekend. I just if NC State, even if they lose this week and win out, and Clemson loses two Atlantic games, say they lose to like Florida State and Syracuse or something, um. Or just another AC, like like there's still a way NC State gets it. Um, I'm gonna go NC State and Pitt. I'm kind of coin flipping that with Clemson though. I think Clemson could represent the Atlantic uh, just as easily, and I wouldn't count out Florida State yet. Wake Forest already has one one loss, so this weekend's huge between Florida State and Wake because Florida State could essentially knock Wake Forest out of it, kind of. Um, so. Uh, I mean, this weekend's massive between Florida State and Wake. And I think that's arguably the most important game. I mean, obviously, it's NC State and Clemson. But I don't know. Those are two really, really good football games this weekend. Uh, all right, to wrap things up a little bit here, let's give our uh, weekend breakdown and just drop some rapid-fire predictions for the ACC uh, this weekend. So the schedule for the ACC this upcoming weekend, like we said, NC State and Clemson. That is the uh, obviously the big marquee game, ABC primetime, college game day. Clemson, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Wagner and Syracuse. Louisville and Boston College. Louisville's 15-and-a-half-point favorites. Wake and Florida State. Florida State favored by seven. Tech and UNC. We'll see if that ball game even gets played right now with Hurricane Ian. Rumors going around. Maybe they're not playing. We're going to find out in the next couple days. My bet is they play, again, I worry about that Wake Forest uh, Florida State game, uh, especially with it being at Dope Campbell Stadium. It's literally in Florida. Um, you wonder if they're going to play, but Tallahassee's in North Florida and it's a little more inland. So uh, that, that does play a factor. NC State and Clemson, obviously, in Clemson, uh, Virginia and Duke, and Georgia Tech and Pitt. Rapid fire. Cuse Wagner, who you got? I'm Syracuse. Me too. Louisville Boston College, who you got? A lot easier. Boston College hasn't been looking good. I'm going with Louisville. I'm going Louisville as well. That game is played, though, in Chestnut Hill. Um, but Boston College really has not looked good. Wake Forest and Florida State. Here we go with the interesting stuff. Who you got? Sir, Florida State's the heavy favorite. Last I checked, the line was at six and a half. I have the Demon Deacons. I. I don't think Florida State's at the point where they're going to have an undefeated season. Wake's a little more experienced than that. I also am picking Wake Forest to uh, take down Florida State. Sam Hartman is pretty darn good. Uh, you saw them score almost 50 points against Clemson. I don't think Florida State can keep up with that offensively. They have good offensive firepower, not 50 points. And I think Wake Forest is the kind of team that says, we don't even have to stop you. We'll just outscore you type of thing. Uh, I think Wake Forest wins in a shootout, another shootout. Um, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, tough one. Who you got? I think as good as Virginia Tech's defense has been and as much as it hurts 
me to say i think this is a north carolina this is being teed up for a north carolina win <sighs> man i i uh man i hate to say it but drake may is just a pretty darn good quarterback man 12 1200 yards 16 touchdowns he's only thrown one one interception look at this look at this quarterback touchdown to interception ratio grant wells five touchdowns five interceptions Drake May, 16 touchdowns, one interception. I mean, come on. Uh, I, it's UNC. I hate to say it. I want I want it to not be, but I, I just – what we've seen out of the Tech offense, they cannot score points. You have to score. Like, even if your defense is, like, decent, the defense can't do everything. Um, literally, I think the only way that um, Tech wins games throughout the rest of the year is if – they get a defensive touchdown. I don't think they can score enough points, and, and it stinks. Do you think we'll see a quarterback change, piggy, piggybacking off that, at any point throughout the year? Like, what's your what's your take on that? If you had to bet, if you're a betting man, are you saying that there will be a quarterback change or no? Wouldn't put money on it now. I would wait it out. Maybe they'll maybe the odds change a little bit. Um, I think if there starts to be by the time the NC State game rolls around after Miami and the next slate of games, which is Pitt, UNC, and Miami are all red L's. I think we see a change. All right. We got to wrap things up quickly here. NC State and Clemson, just very quick. Who you got? I'm going to go with Clemson. I like NC State more to win the ACC, but it's a it's in Death Valley. I think home field advantage is a big factor. Night game in Death Valley. I'm going Clemson as well. Virginia and Duke, I'm taking the Wahoos, and that also pains me to say. I'm taking Virginia. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll stray. I'll go to Duke. I know I just called them overrated, but Virginia hasn't been looking good this year. I'll take the Blue Devils. The one thing I'll argue, Virginia's defense has looked really impressive all year, besides probably that Illinois game, but their numbers – look pretty good georgia tech and pittsburgh that's that's pittsburgh easily yeah i think that that's an easy decision abanaconda is going to run all over the jackets i'm going pit all right tyler thanks so much for being on today really appreciate you being a guest uh, on hokey heat a lot of fun talking acc football we're sorry we didn't talk a ton of tech but we don't even know if there's going to be a game this weekend there's not a ton of positivity to talk about we figured go through the acc a little bit tyler thank you so much man yeah, thanks for the invite. Happy to come back anytime. All right. As you guys know, you can go ahead and head over to Roback. Use promo code SUNSVT for 20% off your first order. This, as always, has been Hokey Heat. For Tyler Katz, I'm Giovanni Heater saying so long. Till next time. <laughs>